0: This is the Parent Life Podcast, and I'm Jason Stanland. This week, I interview Brett Kunkel. Recently, I heard Brett Kunkel at the Student Leadership University 101 conference in Orlando, Florida, where we took our students. He addressed the students about developing a biblical worldview. Student Leadership University, by the way, is a ministry that we partner with as a church for developing leaders. You will hear more about that in an upcoming episode with their vice president, Brent Crow. Brett is the founder and president of Maven, an organization that seeks to create training for students and adults to discuss complex cultural topics. He has over 25 years of working with students in the field of apologetics. He has written various books on apologetics for students, including ambassador's guide for Mormonism, a practical guide for culture, helping the next generation navigate today's world. Both those books, uh, Good resources. Brett uh, travels to speak to students, helping them develop biblical worldviews at various conferences, host conferences, immersive experiences. All of these things are part of Maven, his uh, website or his his ministry. Uh, Today, Brett and I are going to discuss the importance of developing a worldview, not just for students but for parents. Because uh, if a parent develops a biblical worldview then there's a greater chance the student will develop a biblical worldview. The biblical worldview is passed down from generation to generation much easier than it is imputed into somebody who did not grow up or was raised with a biblical worldview. So he gives some great insights on how parents can develop their own biblical worldview, but especially on how to pass that worldview to the next generation. Let's jump into that interview now. Brett, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And so um, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Maven and kind of the history of how you ended up leading Maven to start out.
1: Yeah, well, I was a church kid. I mean, I grew up in the church. Uh, My parents got saved when I was a baby. Grew up in a church, was in some very good churches, had a youth pastor who mentored me right into ministry and go off to college my freshman year in college take philosophy 101 mm-hmm. with Dr. David Lane, right? PhD, smart yeah. guy. And he just spent that semester dismantling my faith. Mm. And so it's just set me spinning, Uh, to, you know, went through this serious episode of doubt, uh, intellectual doubt in particular. Hey, is this stuff even true? Does it make sense? Do, you know, I'm about to go into a career where I'm dedicating my life to right. this kind of a youth ministry. And so that's when I really, really started thinking, I think, a lot more carefully about the Christian faith, whether or not it was true, discovering all this evidence, having that episode of doubt really pull down a weaker version of faith and then rebuilding faith in such a way that I just had so much more confidence. And then I got passionate and said, I grew up in the church and I didn't get prepared for the first 18 years that I was there. And this professor almost rips apart my faith. Mm-hmm. So it just got me passionate about equipping the next generation. And so Man, I did that. In that's youth, so interesting. In
0: youth. I, I, yeah, I so, can't tell you how many times I've heard that story um, from so many other either speakers or even parents where you're raised 18 years as a Christian, but then one semester with this one professor just seems to pull it all apart. I remember having a similar experience as well. So tell us about Maven then. Um, what is that? Cause you said student pastor and I, I noticed on your website, you were a student pastor, go student pastors for years. Uh, so, so what is Maven and what's its goals?
1: Well, so I was in local church ministry doing junior high, high school, college ministry And then eventually joined a parachurch apologetics organization called Stand to Reason, Mm -hmm. served there for 14 years, and then that really helped us launch Maven. And what we want to do with Maven is, number one, equip the next generation to know what they believe, why they believe it, and why it matters, and so it's really not just a worldview, but it's also a life of you. It's something that you live out and should impact every square inch of your life. And then the other thing that we do is equip those stakeholders in the next generation. So mm-hmm. the moms and the dads, the grandparents, the youth leaders, the educators, uh, the homeschoolers, uh, at, at all of them to help equip them. To disciple the next generation and uh, people can find more uh, about find out more about what we do on our website maventruth.com yeah I,
0: I saw you had some virtual training you do some events and things like that for parents um yeah i thought i thought some of those uh resources were excellent and so uh, if you're watching the podcast or listening right now in the description we'll put a link to maventruth.com for you guys so you can check that out <laughs> So you used the buzzword worldview uh, for our parents who are kind of new to this idea of worldview and another buzzword apologetics. Can you just give us a quick overview for parents kind of what some of these heady terms mean?
1: Yeah, worldview is simply your picture of reality. It's your description, your account, Uh, your picture of reality and everything in the world. And it's not just something that religious people have. Every one of us has it. Mm -hmm. We just often have never thought carefully about it and whether or not our worldview is, is actually true. Is it a correct description of reality? And then apologetics is, uh, comes from the Greek word apologia, which is, uh, which means defense, And apologetics is making a defense or giving a reason why we put our hope in Christ, why we think Christianity is true. And so this is where we have evidence for the Bible or evidence for God's existence or any number of things that we believe. But then also we respond to the challenges and the questions and the objections that people have about the Christian faith.
0: So for parents and students, we say that both parent and student needs to have, I like how you keep saying it, thought carefully about our faith. Uh, We need to be thinking carefully about our faith. But why is it important that not only are we thinking carefully as individuals, but that we can communicate it, you know, for parents to our kids, but to one another and teaching our kids to communicate it? Why would you think that is, you know, so important?
1: Yeah, well, I think scripture gives us two particular reasons. I think number one, you look at what Paul says in Romans 12, two, And he says, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but in contrast, be transformed by, and what does Paul elevate here? He says, by the renewing of the mind. Mm-hmm. And Romans that's 12, why thinking about worldview, uh, having apologetics, really knowing the truth and letting God's truth renew our minds can play such a vital role in our spiritual transformation. In fact, I'm convinced that we don't see as much transformation as we should because we have short-circuited that by really removing the life of the mind from much of our Christian faith. Mm. And so that'd be the first reason. And then secondly, 1 Peter 3.15 tells us that we are to make a defense, to give a reason for the hope that we have to anyone who asks us. And so, uh, you know, we are made in God's image. The non-believer is made in God's image. That means we are rational creatures. And so uh, a rational being like a human being needs reasons to believe certain things. And we are to give reasons and persuade people. And of course, it's the Holy Spirit who works through these different means. But we see Paul in Acts chapter 17, going in giving evidence giving reason talking to people intelligently and the result is the holy spirit uses that to bring them to faith in christ so uh, apologetics can be a powerful tool in not not only strengthening the believer's faith but then also engaging a skeptical world now now let me
0: kind of give you the common pushback i get um, from a lot of parents and, and i i agree i disagree with it 100 percent but i just want to hear some of your responses and thoughts to this so yeah. why do we spend so much time then studying these other beliefs and these other cultural isms rather than studying what we believe and so it's that concept of if you just study the truth then it's easy to spot the fake right but again, if if apologetics is giving a defense, it's you got to know the truth, but you've also got to know the fake, right? So how would you respond to parents who kind of give us that critique?
1: Well, I would say, hey, there there's you've got part of it right. It, it It actually requires both of those things. It requires being really grounded in the truth, really knowing the truth. and I, and I, and actually, I think that's the starting point. We've got to know what we believe. Uh, and why we believe it. But then secondly, what you'll find is that you can strengthen a young person's faith by teaching them what other views say in contrast to Christianity, help them to to know and understand what are the objections and the challenges, and then how to respond to those things. And there's actually some work uh, that's been done, some research on inoculation theory. Mm -hmm. And the idea was through some experimentation, they realized that not only when they gave people some facts and some statements, but when they, and they did this with, uh, with different toothpaste brands, uh, was the study and people can Google inoculation theory. But what they found is that when they didn't just tell them, Hey, this, this works, but then they said, Hey, this works. And then here are the objections that you can uh, anticipate. And then here's how to respond to those objections People's beliefs were made stronger, uh, mm-hmm. and in, in the same way, our young people—we can teach them the what—but if we don't also help them to think through the challenges that they're going to get, because they're going to get those things, mm-hmm. then when uh, we will actually, we can actually uh, cause them their, their faith harm because they'll go out thinking hey we're an authority mom and dad said this or my pastor said this now i go share it with someone else oh all of a sudden i've got objections well why didn't my youth pastor tell me about this you know what were yeah. they hiding and that was kind of the how i felt growing up in the church for 18 years okay 18 years is enough time to really equip me and yet i never heard the objection so my first thought was well what were what were my parents or what was my youth pastor hiding from me why didn't they tell me about this stuff and, you know, do I just have to throw away my mind and believe this stuff blindly? And so this is why I think it's so important to do both, to to know what we believe in and to, and to be able to answer the challenges.
0: And I, I love fact, where you went with that. Like, I hear that from so many students, especially when I was a collegiate pastor in Tallahassee um, near FSU and TCC. It was always like, I don't want to just believe blindly. That's what all you Christians do. Um, and they, and essentially what they're saying is, Someone was hiding all these objections. And so it gives this appearance that we don't really have a strong faith because the objections are, you know, better than our faith. And of course, once you think carefully about it, it, that's not true. So um, here's the other thing I get from a lot of parents is they don't actually think their kids are thinking about these things. They don't think their kids are even dealing with these things. I, as a middle school pastor, uh, would probably disagree with that. But what what would you say?
1: Well, I don't want to be mean to parents. I love parents. I want to quit parents. But I also, I, I've been saying more often in my talks to parents, it's like, wake up. Wake up. If you don't think your kids are thinking about this stuff, yeah. you are out yeah. of touch. Yeah. And I think a lot of youth pastors and know this. I'm talking to students all the time working with students and if you just work with students, if you talk to them a little bit, you know, they're dealing with this stuff. Oh yeah. And even if they're not dealing with a particular issue, like they're not talking to any atheists, they're still dealing with intellectual issues. So right now the the big intellectual issues that they're facing have to do with human sexuality.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's the, it's the acronym, right? It's LGBTQ issues. And what the world is doing is offering a picture of reality, an intellectual picture of reality when it mm-hmm. comes to any of those issues. And it's an alternative vision that's in direct contrast to the Christian worldview, to what they've been growing up with. Mm-hmm. And young. so young people have these two competing visions mm-hmm. and the culture is aggressively catechizing them, right? Mm. Uh, Discipling them in these views. And then they come to church and all they hear is, well, the Bible says no, you know, Bible tells me so. And that will just not hold up when there's this avalanche of social media, public education, uh, you know, uh, pop culture, just giving them constant barrage of arguments and reasons why they should, you know, accept an LGBTQ lifestyle. And so, uh, so yeah, young kids, anyone who's, who, who's really talking to young people, know they're dealing with these uh, intellectual issues.
0: Yeah. And it seems that they talk to each other. The students all talk to each other about their issues, but real quick, what do you think are the barriers? Like there's a lot of kids that don't want to talk to their parents about these issues. Um, and then uh, on the opposite side, if I find a lot of parents who are hindered or or maybe even scared is the right way to talk to their kids about these issues, what would you say to those
1: parents? Well, I'd say first try to identify what, what's the reason. If, if your kid doesn't want to talk to you, find out what the reason is. And maybe that's the very first question. Hey, uh, go ask your kid. When you ha- If you have questions about any of these things, whatever they might be, life's big issues, if you're getting, you know, pounded at school on some certain topic, you know, do you feel comfortable coming in and talking to me? You know, be honest. Just what, you know, do, would you be willing to talk to me? And so first there might be, there, have, there might have to be some assessment. If your kid says no, then the question is, okay, I want you to be honest with me. I'm not going to get upset, but tell me why, why don't you feel comfortable coming to me? Now, sometimes it might be because the kids just too embarrassed. It may be something, uh, a reason that has to de- you know deal with them or their particular issues. Or if if you know the kids honest enough, they might say, "Well, mom, dad, every time I bring something up to you, you get upset or you get defensive, you know." And I just I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to have conflict with you. And so then, when you do that assessment, and you find out what the real reason is. Then. You might be able to course correct at that point say hey i'm i'm sorry uh you know and and, and maybe be honest with your kid you know what i'm reason i respond out of defensiveness is because i'm just i'm scared mm-hmm. i'm scared that uh you're gonna walk away from the faith or i'm scared that uh, i won't have the answers to equip you you know and there might have to be some repair that way and then say okay let's figure out a way forward on this because i want to be there for you i want to help you. Um, And so that might be part of, uh, you know, part of what parents have to do. And then I think a second thing that parents have to do is they have to step up. And this is where, you know, frankly, the evangelical church in the United States has been so anti-intellectual. Yes. We have been so against reason. We have distorted views of faith that separate faith from reason and evidence and so we've actually we've just short-circuited our own faith, and yeah. then our ability to equip our kids. And so what we need to do is recommit our our lives to loving God, not only with our hearts and our souls, but also our mind, mind. as Jesus right. commands That's in Matthew right. twenty-two, and love God with our minds. I mean, Paul talks about tearing down false ideas and arguments mm, in Second Corinthians strong. chapter ten, verses three through five, and so. We need to be biblically informed that this is part of our task as believers in this world and then redouble our efforts so that we can equip our kids because if we don't equip our kids, the world will and the world will give them an alternate worldview. Mm. And I just hear from tons of parents, their kids are walking away from the faith that they've grown up with.
0: And I th- I think you hit the two major fears that parents always voice to me. It's I'm afraid they're going to walk away. And sometimes I think that's, you know, even us pastors, we kind of like type like the to tout that um, as like a validation of why we do what we do. Um, but I do think there is a genuine fear. Like you said, you've spoken to many parents. I've spoken to many parents that that has happened. So I think the number one is that they are going to walk away. And so they just don't even address those issues. Uh, but the other one is, uh, and I get this a lot, probably even more is I'm afraid they're going to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to. Um, and now I personally, as a middle school pastor, um, who, you know, I've got master's degree and and I'm prepared to answer these questions. Listen, they ask me questions. I don't know answers to all the time. So that's just part of the role. Um, so where are some great resources that parents can more or less educate themselves and be prepared to have these conversations?
1: Yeah, well, let me say, number one, humility is a great resource. Number one, that's where parents need to be able to say when they don't have answers, they need to say, I don't know, you know, mm. that's a really good question. And then the next step is, hey, let's look, in this to get, look into this issue together. Let's learn together. And you model humility, you model a teachability that you want your kid to have. You know, we don't have to be experts in everything. We can learn together with them. And in fact, that brings much more joy into the process when you can learn things with your kid and um, you model for them a a lifelong learner. But then lots of good resources out there. If I would, if I could recommend a couple of books. Yeah. Of course, I I think for parents, uh, I co-authored a book with a guy named John Stone Street, the president of the Colson Center. It's called A Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. Mm-hmm. And I think that book will really be helpful. I mean, we wrote it, John and I both wrote it because he's got four kids and I've got five kids. And we have been trying to figure out how to help our own kids navigate this culture with their faith, not only intact, but with their faith thriving. And I, that book will help equip parents in very thoughtful, but also very practical ways. And then what we did is we wrote a book called A Student's Guide to Culture, which goes hand in hand with that book. So you as a parent could be reading that book. You could have your student read the student's guide, and and then it would create lots of dialogue and discussion where you can help equip your parents. Um, The Colson Center Johns organization is a fantastic worldview and culture organization that's really equipping people. I would say parents get on. Uh, Go to breakpoint.org, sign up for their daily newsletter where they will help you think through the most contemporary challenges to the faith, the most contemporary issues with a Christian worldview. And then, of course, take advantage of some of the resources we have at Maven. We do live conferences. We've got some training that's available online on our website. And we also do a parent podcast week in and week out that my wife and I do that they can find on any podcast streaming you know, platform where we're just trying to help parents uh, really coach and mentor them and help them figure out how do we do this well in a very hostile, secular culture. Yeah.
0: And just to follow up with that, uh, parents, as you're listening, uh, one of the virtual training events that he has on his website, maventruth.com, navigating a world of screens. Uh, when I saw that immediately, I'm like, Oh, this is gold. Like parents would just love to get their hands on that because I have that conversation with parents I think about once a month, at least of when's the right time to give my kid a phone? When's the wrong time? How do I know what they're looking at? Uh, and it's just terrifying <laughs> to be honest, uh, as yeah. parents. So I would highly recommend go giving that a look as well. Um, so let's just kind of close up one last uh, question. And this is, a bit more of a sensitive topic for parents, um, around the subject. It's what do I do when my kid believes something different than me slash different than scripture? How do I respond?
1: Yeah. I think you first respond by asking lots of questions, you know, uh, find out, Hey, what's influenced. Ask them, Hey, so, okay. Where are you getting these thoughts from? Where do you get these ideas from? You know, what, what, what do you believe then? You know, and so a lot of clarifying, and and lit, and when you ask questions, you all, you gotta listen. So not you're not asking questions so you can figure out where to jump on them, and you know, kind of start beating them up. You really want to know where their heart and mind is, and so you're asking, okay, what do you believe? About this, and what do you believe about that? And where did where did that that idea come from? And and then the second question you ask them is, okay, so why do you believe that? What's the what's the reason that you believe that? Like if if they say, Well, I believe that, you know, there's there's a God out there, but he's some impersonal force. Okay, so then I have clarification on your view, and but now I ask, well, why do you believe that? Where did mm-hmm. that belief come from? How did you come to that conclusion? And what you want to help gently do is often expose that uh, maybe they have these alternative views, but they haven't really thought through them carefully, or they've simply absorbed them from, you know, their friends or their peers Mm -hmm. or the culture. And you wanna, you know, I I think really help them understand what it is they believe, why they believe it, and then help them to see eventually that, uh, you know, those ideas are, are false. And so this is where you and I just have to be equipped with the truth ourselves mm. so that we can help them see that they are affirming false ideas.
0: Well, Brett, thank you so much for joining us and uh, look forward to having you back. Thank you for listening to the Parent Life podcast today. If you have any questions about me or my ministry, you can go to com For more information about Fruit Cove Baptist Church and her ministries, please go to fruitcove.com. Uh, links are in the bio. Also, the links from today's episode with Brett Kunkel are in the bio as well. If you would like to submit a question or response to the podcast, you can email me at parentlife@fruitcove.com. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next week. And may you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Colossians one nine.